Welcome to the FinTalks, a chat with Finance Malta. Our guest today is Jeffrey Bedzina from the Office of the Arbiter for Financial Services. Jeffrey, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello. Um, as you said, I come from the Office of the Arbiter for Financial Services in Malta. The OAFS is an out-of-court dispute resolution mechanism for financial services consumers. So this is a setup which uh, reviews, investigates and adjudicates complaints lodged by customers against financial services providers licensed in Malta in regards to any aspect of financial services. So it could be banking, investments and insurance. Okay, and can you give us a little bit more of an overview of the work you do and, and how the office is set up and, and what what the day-to-day ongoings are? Sure. Um, we are a relatively young agency. We are set up by law. Mm-hmm. We were set up in 2016 uh, by Act Number 16 um, of the Laws of Malta. That will be Chapter 555 of the laws of Malta. Um, the law came into force in on the 18th of April 2016. And we had the ground running because we were asked to set up uh, this new setup as quickly as possible. And indeed, by the end of May, we started accepting complaints uh, from eligible customers. Um, Our offices are currently now housed in Floriana and uh, our setup is an out-of-court dispute resolution mechanism. So let me explain why it is out-of-court and a dispute resolution mechanism. First of all, our law is based on a European Union directive, Directive 2013 uh, slash 11, which is the consumer ADR directive. So when you hear me uh, mention ADR, it's an acronym for Alternative Dispute Resolution Mechanism. Right. Now, why is this setup important? If you had to look back a number of years, the um, European Commission pushed um, towards alternative means for consumers to have their complaints reviewed, handled um, outside of the courts. So okay. when you have a dispute, you would normally um, say to yourself, okay, if I have a dispute against an entity, a bank, a company, anyone, I have to go to court. Yes. But really and truly, um, now there are alternatives to the court. Mm-hmm. I would say it's an alternative to the court. It's not a replacement, a replacement. to the court. Mm-hmm. So if a consumer has a dispute, um, he or she may not refer the case to us, to the Office of the Arbiter for Financial Services, but he or she may refer the matter to the court directly. And how does, okay. uh, so your role is kind of of an ombudsman, uh, ombudsperson. Okay, an ombudsperson, or that's a, that's that a setup. Yeah, no, no, it, well, it, it differs, that's the name, that's a okay. technique in the way a complaint is handled. Right. Now, you've got different techniques as to how you can um, uh, manage 
or listen or review a complaint. Mm-hmm. In fact, you can have conciliation, you can have mediation, you can have arbitration. Then there is the arbit, uh, there is the ombudsman model, mm-hmm. and the arbiter is um, another another name for this extrajudicial out of court dispute resolution mechanism. Mm-hmm. We do not form part of the court. No. Okay. However, decisions which are delivered by the arbiter can be appealed to the court. But I don't wish to jump the gun the, here. Yeah. Okay? okay. So our setup is based on the ADR directive. Mm-hmm. Okay. We um, handle any complaints relating to financial services against financial services providers which are licensed by the Maltese regulator. Right. Therefore, if a consumer has a dispute against a license holder um, licensed by the MFSA, a financial services provider, licensed by the financial regulator in Malta, yes, we can handle that complaint. Mm-hmm. However, as you know, uh, financial services is also on a cross-border basis. So we also make use of products, purchase products or services of a financial services nature from entities which may not necessarily be licensed in Malta. Right. In that case, we cannot accept the complaint. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, given that we are part of a European network called Finnet, mm-hmm. we would usually um, inform the consumer that he may refer the matter to our counterpart, another ADR in the place where that bank or that insurance company or that investment services provider located in the EU uh, would be responsible for handling that right. complaint. Okay. okay, so there is there is redress for yes. if someone buys yes. a financial product on an app. And True. that's not that's licensed right. in Malta, you can guide them anyway. Yes, and that is what we have done, for example, in, in, in regards to a number of uh, products or services which Maltese consumers have purchased uh, cross-border via an app. Okay. okay, We have provided them with contact details of mm-hmm. the ADR entity and, and any other EU. So um, in that regard, we are of assistance in, in some way or another. Okay. Can you talk us through the, the processes, the different process for resolving complaints that, that you employ? Sure. So, um, first of all, we have two processes. There is the informal process and there is the formal process. Okay. okay. When it comes to the informal process, so you can have consumers calling us or sending us an email or using uh, the, our website to mm-hmm. submit an inquiry, to submit um a minor case. For example, you could have a consumer having a problem contacting um, her bank in regard to a payment which has gone astray. Okay? okay. You can have a consumer who has an issue with his insurance company in regard to the delay of the payment of a claim. You can have an issue by a consumer in regard to an investment which uh, may have lost value and he is not receiving any information from the license holder. Okay. okay. So we might be able to help informally. Mm-hmm. Okay. We can give information there and then, or we may um, refer the case informally to the respective institution. So you've got officials, usually um, it could be the compliance officer within the uh, financial services setup, or it could be um, a a department specifically um, 
um, expecting or managing or administ- uh, administering um, any inquiries which they receive from us. Right. Okay. Within the financial services firm that that's right. The- customer is complaining about that's right. right so we try to informally resolve the matter okay. okay so you don't you you take that up on yourselves you don't tell the 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 complainant no 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 okay, we, go we, and speak to this person. no we we may we may not why okay. it depends because sometimes some consumers would prefer to pick up the phone call us first rather than the bank yes when it could be resolved by a simple phone call that's to the bank. right okay right. so we may also involve ourselves in minor cases okay give an opinion which is not binding okay mm-hmm. it's it's um, a conciliatory non-binding yeah. um you know advisory, br- advisory providing information mm-hmm. uh, breaking an impasse okay yes so it's very informal if you know, some many of the inquiries that we receive, we manage to, you know, help out the, the consumer. Mm-hmm. But there are some cases where the consumer might not get the answer that he was expecting, for example. And then we would inform him, okay, uh, please, uh, now you can proceed to the formal process. Right. And there is a certain formality which the consumer needs to follow um, in regards to sub- the submission of a formal complaint. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the law says that the complainant has to be an eligible customer, okay, um, a natural person or a micro enterprise. Okay. Um, and then the financial services provider has to be licensed by the MFSA. Yes. The complaint needs to have a detailed complaint description, mm-hmm. the reason for the complaint and the remedy that the consumer is expecting uh, from from once the, the the mechanism or the process is um, is exhausted. All right, um, we the law doesn't say there has to be the submission of a complaint form, right. but we have of course from day one prepared a complaint form which assists the consumer to structure his structure yeah. his complaint or her complaint. Now we've also got the facility for consumers to submit um, an online complaint. Okay, so the person can go on our website and uh, lodge a complaint online mm-hmm. um, and also provide the and upload documentation online. All right. Uh, and pay also there is a, a, a minor fee of 25 euro, which is reimbursable. And I'll explain this. Okay. Okay. Um, so the consumer lodges a formal complaint. Okay. If uh, the consumer is a Maltese consumer, mm-hmm. the complaint has to be in Maltese. But uh, if the consumer is non-Maltese, of course, the complaint has to be in English yes. because our two working languages are Maltese and English. Right. Now, one, it, there are a number of um, aspects which the consumer has to check or make sure that he, he has, for example, uh, not submitted his case to any other tribunal, out-of-court dispute resolution mechanism, or the court. Okay. Okay, in that case, we will not, or we would not be able to accept the complaint. I see, okay. Most importantly, before coming to us, Mm -hmm. the complainant has to lodge a formal complaint with the financial services provider. So the, the customer has to write to the financial services provider, allow the provider three weeks mm-hmm. to submit a reply. Right. 
if the reply is not to the customer's satisfaction or if the customer does not receive a reply, then he may proceed to lodge a complaint I with see. us. Okay. Um, that is where the formal complaint process starts. Mm -hmm. We register the complaint. We send the complaint with the supporting documents to the financial services provider and the financial services provider has to submit a reply to the arbiter within 20 uh, calendar days from the date uh, of receipt of, our, of the complaint. Okay. Once we receive the complaint, once we receive the reply, the excuse reply. me, mm -hmm. okay, we send the reply to the customer, mm -hmm. to the complainant. Mm -hmm. In parallel, we invite both the customer and the provider to refer the case to mediation. So that right. is the first technique mm -hmm. that we employ in order for a complaint to be resolved. Right. Now, mediation is an informal process, but it's also a confidential process. Mm -hmm. It is a process where there are two adults talking to each other and trying to reach a solution. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's obviously if the customer is not satisfied with the response given That's right. by the provider. That's right. Now, there might be an opportunity during mediation for the parties to agree. In mm -hmm. fact, a number of cases have been resolved at mediation. First of all, mediation, there is also a mediator. I have, uh, we have an official mm -hmm. who coordinates mediation and is a mediator and brings the two, the two parties uh, to discuss the matter. Do you keep statistics on how many cases are closed when the financial services provider replies or how many cases move to mediation? Yes, or, everything okay. is in our annual report, actually. Of course, we do not report on how those cases have been resolved. No, because that is that, we just didn't report Absolutely. the numbers because that is, after all, mediation. It is confidential. Yes. The parties may object to referring the case to mediation. Okay. And it is their right what to do so. Then? Okay, then the matter is referred to uh, the arbiter. So the arbiter convenes a hearing. According to our uh, legislation, the arbiter is required to convene at least one hearing. All right. So uh, um, now, after COVID, um, all our hearings and even mediations, uh, uh, mediation sittings are being heard virtually. Okay. Okay. Um, it's, it's a mechanism which works. Mind you, when we started in 2016, we held hearings um, also virtually because right. a, a good number of complainants are uh, foreign complainants. Okay. They come from anywhere in the world for the simple reason that um, the service that is provided by the provider does not necessarily need to be in Malta, but even from Malta. Right, it could be a, 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 so a, a company which, who's domiciled here. That's right, but offers right, of its service um, via passporting of anywhere course, anywhere in the world, okay, especially okay. in the EU. Yes. All right, so that facilitates um, the, the way we, we, we um, the, the, the investigative process mm -hmm. of the uh, of the arbiter um, is handled. So we right. are able to, you know, um, the, the consumer, the mm -hmm. 
foreign consumer need not be in Malta to yes. have his case. And they're yet. not at a disadvantage no, by being not. overseas because right. they are this it's the the service is the same for it's, them it as is. it is. It is, for, I agree. Now all all our cases are being held virtually. Okay. okay? We we send them the link etc and and it's a process which works and it's quite efficient. Okay. Okay for everyone. Um the customer need not appoint a lawyer. Mm-hmm. He is not obliged or she is not obliged to appoint a lawyer. Okay. Can they if they want to? Uh, yes, they can. Okay. All right. Um, but some customers represent themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there is self-representation here. Now, there are usually two hearings. The arbiter would usually convene two hearings uh, because there will be the opportunity for the second hearing for, uh, for the parties to cross-examine each other mm-hmm. for the reproduction of uh, documents. The arbiter is very strict, very disciplined with the way um, um, hearings are held. Okay, um, so between the date of the first or the second hearing, uh, there won't be a lot of time. There, it isn't a lengthy process. Okay, mm-hmm. so the arbiter um, also has powers to convene witnesses, for example, okay. to ask for documentation. But after two hearings, then he can or he may um, um, ask. The, the, the parties to submit um, a statement, a final statement of submission, okay? Mm-hmm. And then the case is put for, for a decision, uh, okay? So the arbiter, Dr. Reno Borch, um, then when the case is put for adjudication, um, a decision is issued. Mm-hmm. Now, the decision is uh, published also on okay. our website. Okay, so it is binding on both parties. Let's mm-hmm. let's start this way. It is binding on both parties. Mm-hmm. Unlike the informal process where that's you're right. giving advice that's and right. that's not that's binding. right. The informal process is not binding. It's advisory Suggesting. information, information giving, breaking an impasse, putting you know, trying to resolve an issue in yeah. an informal manner. The formal process is much more formal, as mm-hmm. I said. So there are exchanges of documents, uh, witness statements, yeah. um, statements under oath, and what have you. Um, now, that doesn't mean that the parties would have to allow the case to be referred to the arbiter after mediation. Let me explain. During mediation, the parties mm-hmm. may agree. Yes. So if they agree... The we will refund closed. the case is closed and we will refund the 25 euro i see okay <laughs> there's an incentive there's to, an incentive for the agree. parties to agree right there have been some cases where after the first hearing the parties agreed for us to, to reach a settlement is there an incentive because obviously that's the incentive for the consumer is there an incentive for the financial services provider to agree well, it's always an incentive for the for the provider to to agree, but there might be issues which are much more complex, right. and they would prefer to have an independent and impartial third party to adjudge a case okay. rather than the provider and the complainant to to discuss the matter between them and yeah. agree. Okay, there could also be. It's also not only for the financial services provider, but it's also for the complainant who would prefer to have his case adjudged by a financial by 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 the, by, by the financial arbiter. Okay. Um, once the decision uh, is issued, mm-hmm. all right, the parties have fifteen days mm-hmm. to ask for any clarifications or corrections to the arbiter. Okay. 
if there are no require, requests for clarifications or um, corrections, now either the parties can accept the decision, mm -hmm. in which case it will become binding, res judicata, okay. but the parties can also refer the case to the Court of Appeal inferior jurisdiction at the court. Okay, um, and that's another process in which we are not involved. All right, um, the case file is passed on uh, to uh, to the court, and we're we're. And you said there. that the decisions are published. So yes. how does that? Are they published? What kind of detail is published? Okay, because you mentioned it's obviously confidential. So. All right. How does that well, when I said confidential, it, I was referring to the informal process. Right. With regards to the formal process, mm -hmm. the decision is published in full except for the name of the complainant. Okay. So anyone who knows the case could... Yes, but we, we remove the details of the complainant. We actually mm -hmm. pseudonymize the, um, uh, the, uh, the name of the complainant, mm -hmm. but we leave the name of the provider intact. Okay. Okay. Um, so that is part of the incentive that, for could, the provider. That, that could be. For that, the provider there you are. to that's mediate. Right. To, to, uh, mediation. That's right. Um, and then um, the case. So on our website, uh, there is a section with, the, with all the decisions mm -hmm. published by the arbiter. The decisions of the arbiter um, can be um, identified or the user can search by the name of the provider, by the classification, whether okay. it's rejected, accepted, or partially upheld. Then there is also the category, so the sector, so mm -hmm. banking, investments, and insurance. Okay. And the subsectors, whether it's pensions, investments, or, or the type of service. So there's, okay. there's quite a lot of detail. And of course, they are published in the original language of the decision. Yes. Okay. Now we have also um, included also details as to whether that decision has been appealed or not. Okay. And we include the reference number of the Court of Appeal right. uh, reference so number. So wants to follow the case can go then That's to right. the Court of That's Appeal. That's right. It's either in progress, mm -hmm. if it is not in progress or in the sense that it has been adjudged. So there is also a reference in that okay. regard. Now, the decisions, as I said, they are... Um, in the original language of, of the decision. However, our annual report includes uh, case summaries of okay. a good number of decisions which the arbiter issues. So if the decision is in Maltese, for example, mm -hmm. so you would be able to find a summary in, in English okay. in our, in our annual right. report. So that is also a source of information for those who would like to know more about our work, about the decisions of the arbiter. Um, it's, it's also not only for research purposes, but also mm -hmm. for compliance officers and financial services providers as well. Okay, very good. And how does this fit in to the financial service providers' um, internal mechanism for redress? And is that uh, an incentive for them to respond to complaints? How, does, how, does, how do the two work together? Okay, that's a very good question. You are aware that all financial services providers are required by the regulator to have an internal uh, complaint mechanism, yeah. all right? They have to uh, keep a database of complaints and they have to report to the, to, to the regulator on a periodic basis the number of complaints and they have to classify them in some way or another. 
but that's the regulatory aspect, mm-hmm. the reporting of complaints or the reporting of statistics of complaints. But please keep in mind that a complaint is a source of information for the financial services provider, whether it is submitted internally or whether it is submitted against any other service provider, okay, who may be in the same line of business as you are. Because, as you know, complaints can be a source of information to you. It can help you, assist you with the way you are running your business. Mm. Um, Some may say, ah, if I receive one complaint, I don't really give it that importance. Not necessarily. One complaint could open a floodgate Mm -hmm. of complaints. So it's very important to use intelligence, to use information from a complaint um, to make uh, to, to do um, root cause analysis. What is happening? Why am I receiving so many complaints about this area? So mm-hmm. that's one thing. Then when it comes to the decisions of the arbiter, that too is also a source of information. A source of information in the sense that sometimes you've got situations where the compliance officer or where the, uh, the management would say, ah, no problem, I followed the law. But do keep in mind that the arbiter adjudicates complaints not only by reference to the, the law, but also to what is, in his opinion, fair, equitable and reasonable in the substantive merits of the case. Mm-hmm. So you might, you in the sense of the financial services provider, you might be following mm-hmm. the word of the regulation. Yes. But you might not be following the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you what, might not be treating customers. That's very, right. So what is that, the fact that you're following the law? Correct. So what is fair? What is reasonable? Mm-hmm. How should I be treating this customer in regard to this complaint? Not all complaints are identical. Of course. There are similarities. Um, I would like to say also that the arbiter has the power in terms of the law to treat cases which are intrinsically similar in nature as a collective case. Okay. So there are a number of decisions which the customer, which the arbiter has treated as a collective case. Uh, For example, there there was a case um, relating, uh, they were submitted individually Mm-hmm. by complainants against the same financial services provider right. so in relation to the same uh, matters. Same so the arbiter um, decided or issued that decision mm-hmm. collectively. All right. Okay. So it's very important for those who are in the sector, who are um, compliance officers, directors, uh, management, and even employees. Of course, there is also the academic part those who are still studying, to, re- to, to make reference to uh, and analyze the decisions of the arbiter. Because in some, um, in some cases, the arbiter, I wouldn't say went beyond the law, but uh, his interpretation was much more holistic than, uh, for example, one would normally the decide the case, the okay? Yes. All right, then the letter of the law. So it's very important You've got a lot of information in our annual reports and in the decisions, not only in the decisions um, issued by the arbiter, but even the Court of Appeal. So you've got also not only ombudsprudence, but you've got now also jurisprudence. Okay. 
Okay. Very good. Thank you so much. One last question. How can stakeholders get in touch with the office of okay. the arbiter? Well, our first port of call would be the arbit would be the website. Mm -hmm. So our website, financialarbiter.org.mt, it's in Maltese and in English. Okay. Everything, what I have explained uh, during this the, these past few minutes, is everything explained in much more detail on, on our website. Um, consumers and providers can... Uh, also get in touch with us uh, telephonically or via email or via our website. And of course, uh, our annual report is also um, a way to uh, get to know more about what we do and our role within the financial services industry. Thank you very much for your time, Jeffrey. And you can find this recording on all the podcast platforms and Finance Malta's YouTube channel. Thank you.